this is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing is to give our attention to Jesus. Psalm 139, starting at verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All my days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Hi, friends. I am delighted to be with you today, and I wanted to start with that, oh, that beloved psalm, because it highlights the fact that you have a book, and and your days were written in them, and God has dreams for you, and a destiny for you, and um, God wants us to find out what it is and to partner with him in making it come to be. It's a crazy and beautiful thought. To think that our God has dreams for us, planted in him for us before one of our days came to be, before he created the world. And the biggest gift that we can offer back to him after our love is our yes. Our yes to him. Yes, we will love you with our whole heart. Yes, we will trust you with our lives and those we love. Yes, we will follow you. To go further into that today and to unpack it, I have a very special guest with me, Dr. Una. Welcome, Dr. Thank Una. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. This is such a, an honor. Yay. I, I want to read a little bit about your bio, Dr. Una, just so people can get a little bit of a handle. I know this doesn't um, say all who you are, but let me just say, that Dr. Una is a multifaceted leader, and her passion is to help others succeed. She's been privileged to teach and coach many to set goals and to take action to make their dreams a reality. She's a pediatrician, and she's the CEO of Ivy League Pediatrics, which is an award-winning private practice. She has a podcast called EntreMD, and a company designed to help physician entrepreneurs build profitable businesses so they can live life and practice medicine on their own terms. She is also co-pastors of Dominion City Church in Norcross, Georgia, with her husband, Steve, of 15 years, and they have four amazing children. She considers being used by God to impact lives as her greatest success. And she has a motto. It's Die empty. Use everything God gave you. Wow. That is a beautiful motto and, um, and an impressive bio. And thank you for being with us today to share your wisdom, to share your passion and your calling. My first question to you is, would you add anything to your bio of what I read? Well, one thing, and that would be, um, it, it sounds really impressive, but I'm 
just a girl made by God. Like, really, that's, uh, he makes it impressive. He does. That's beautiful. Um, Dr. Una and I were introduced by a mutual friend who told me about you and how the motivation behind all you do is your love for Jesus and how you want others to come to know him and love him as well and then partner with him in their whole lives. I love that. Die empty. Use everything. Use everything God gave you. So I just want to say, yay, you. Before we dive into the topic, which, to whet your appetite, is about um, unlocking your calling and stepping into risk, um, Dr. Una, I'd love to hear just if you could share with us a personal story, either of a moment when you knew that you fell in love with Jesus or, or a story when he revealed himself to you more truly as he really is. Yeah, I, for me, I think I have one of those convoluted stories. Um, and, and I think it will be really helpful for people to hear. I actually do not remember a time when I didn't sense God's presence with me. Mm. And, you know, I thought about it a lot because I, I, I was, you know, seven years old. I'll go take a walk and I'm just talking to God. It was the weirdest thing. Nobody taught me to grow up do, to do wow. that. I didn't necessarily grow up in church. Um, you know, and, and, and I've thought a lot about it and I, I figured out a few stories that made that happen. And one is that my grandmother, my dad's mom, was one of the people who built the first Catholic church in her village. Wow. And she would travel for miles with cement on her head, you know, like in a pan or so, to go so they could physically build this church. And she was really persecuted, oh. even by her husband, like, you know, my grandfather. And mm. she paid that price. And I think God was like, yeah, we're going to get your generation, right? Because it, it, there's no explanation for how I always thought God was with me. And so that's on one side. And then my mom, my mom had been married for a year and a half or so, was trying to get pregnant, couldn't get pregnant. And she pulled a Hannah on me because she's like, Lord, if you give me a baby, I'll give the baby <laughs> back to you. And I happen to be the first, mm -hmm. right? So, and so she made that commitment. So I think between those two, uh, God had yes. taken ownership in a way. So he was always there. Like mm -hmm. people like, when was that pivotal moment? And I'm like, I don't. No, because even before I came to the point where like, Lord, I will serve you. He was always a part of my life. And the kicker is my dad is Catholic. My mom's Anglican. So my dad didn't go to church. My mom tried to go to Catholic church. And she was like, I, you know, I like the Anglican better. So we didn't grow up in church. So all this happened, but I had no real exposure to church. And um, so I think it's important for the parents to know. Um, yes. That what you do, God visits that on your children, you know? And so here I am. Um, my whole life has been God. And even when I wasn't really, quote unquote, saved, it, it's so wild. But that's, that's, that's my story. That is beautiful. That makes my heart just burn within me. First off, because I'm a grandmother and I love the impact that a grandmother can have. And I also resonate because I have a Hannah story in wanting to get pregnant so desperately. And then I have a son. So guess what? I named him. <laughs> I 
I have my Samuel. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I just went right off on him. And oh man, I love that. I love the faithfulness of God, his goodness, and the encouragement to parents that that matters. It's powerful. And the legacy is powerful. Here at Wild at Heart, the ministry that we work for, we have a key verse, and it's Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for from it flows the wellsprings of life within you. And then in uh, my husband's book, Wild at Heart, in our book, Captivating, particularly for women, we talk about three core desires in a woman's heart to be romanced, which means to be sought after, uh, to be wanted, uh, to play an irreplaceable role in a heroic adventure, and to have a beauty all her own to unveil and then offer the world. And they're really, really linked. And the way they look, the way they express themselves throughout every woman's life is varied and unique. But I want to talk today about our irreplaceable role a thing that has been planted in our heart that we may or may not be aware of, that they're seeds of probably throughout the story of our life, um, our calling, our purpose, our destiny. So Dr. Una, can you just talk a little bit about that, about even calling and, or, and what does it mean to you and how does a woman discover what it is and things like yeah, that? Yeah, that, that's a lot of, lot of fun. Um, so I had always known about, you know, God's presence in my life. And I think it was my final year in, uh, in med school. I, I sat and had a moment with myself. I was like, okay, so here you are, you, you've been in college this whole time. You haven't really served God. You haven't, I mean, like you talked to him, but you haven't done a whole lot for him. Um, and so what are you going to do? And that's when I made a decision, like, I'm going to serve. I don't know what that is. I, I think mm. God might just, you know, send me to a remote place in China and or whatever, but whatever it is, we'll, we'll do it. And, and, and so I said yes. And there was no definition. Um, some people have amazing experiences where they know God called me to do this. I, I haven't had that, but I, I knew I was supposed to do something. And, and so I started exploring. Um, so I got into church and they were like, yeah, you can sing, go sing. So I was like, okay, we'll do that. And I don't know that I have a voice that would have taken me exceptionally far, but, but I did know that I sensed that I was supposed to live a life that made God real, mm. right? Like he's not this religious figure. Yes. He's not this spiritual God that cannot be reached. In fact, I named myself Emanuela because it's like God with us, you oh. know, like, Oh, I just I adopted that. that name because of what it meant. Because in my heart, I sensed that this is what I'm supposed to do. So, so when I started singing, it was, it was not really about the vocals. Yes, I worked on vocals, but it was more about can people experience God's presence in worship, right? And, yes. and that was my driving force. I still didn't know where I was going. I still didn't know, like, you know, traditionally what my calling was. But I was like, hey, I'm here, and this is what I'm going to do. Um, so I started doing that. And the reason why I'm taking the time to explain it, because many people wait to find out what their calling is. Yeah. And my story is don't wait, start from where you are, right? And so I started doing that. And then here and there, I have an opportunity to, to lead prayer. 
um, at a prayer meeting. And I was like, wow, intercession is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Like you can sit and you could be instrumental in making God's plans happen on earth just because you asked him. And, you know, in, in, in a holy way, it's like cheating. Like he tells you his will and you ask him for his will and he gives you his will. I'm like, I mean, like there's no losing with that, you know? It's win-win, you know? So I started delving into that more, reading more about it, doing that more on my own. And I was like, I don't know what I'm called to do, but I know I'm a psalmist of sorts. And I know that I have to do something with intercession. So let's go. And that's what I did. Um, And then when we, when we moved to the U S cause I, I did my medical school and all that in Nigeria, when we moved to the U S and then I eventually got married, we planted a church. I was like, well, there's no intercession here. Like, so I grabbed a few women. I was like, let's pray on Fridays. Let's, you know, let's do that. And, and all of this was scary because I, I'm an introvert and I was like a socially awkward, very shy, introverted introvert. So this was me stepping all the way out of my comfort zone, but just saying yes to each level of discomfort. Right. And so. Wait, say that one again. Yes to. What did you just yes say? Yes to every level of discomfort. Okay, that, yeah. I wanted to highlight yeah, that. Cause yes. Yeah, because it's all uncomfortable, you know? And mm-hmm. so, so I said yes. I said, you know, let's do it. And that's when I started learning about the impact of saying yes. Because I said yes, and ultimately, it became this huge prayer meeting that happens every Friday that the whole church attends. Like, it became a church thing. Wow. Even though it was just something I, the first day was me and another woman, like literally it was two people. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute, you never, like you're saying yes to the baby, but you have no idea that's going to be the savior of the world. Like you have no idea where this is going. I'm like, if that's the case, I need to say yes more often, you know? And that's when I embrace this thing of when God puts things in my heart, I know it's going to be scary because it's his idea, right? Like he's, I mean, like if Jeff Bezos, who runs a trillion dollar company, gave me an idea, it would be scary because he's Jeff Bezos. So I shouldn't expect God's ideas to be comfortable. They're going to be scary, <laughs> right? And that's the yes. whole reason why he sent a whole helper, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. So it's, it's going to be scary, but I can say yes to it because I don't know what it becomes. So then it became this thing that I did. and. It was yes to one thing after the other, after the other. Like most recently we had, um, when the pandemic hit. So I sat and I thought, I was like, this is a problem. All these churches are shutting down. And there's some people that only pray when they come to church. Mm -hmm. And so what happens overall to the level of prayers coming from this country if all these churches are shut? And I'm like- People don't realize how powerful prayer is, but you go without it for a month, Mm -hmm. it's a problem. You know, so this is what I'm thinking. And so I tell a group of women, you know, we're meeting on Zoom and I was like, you know, why don't we do a a daily prayer meeting, um, you know, for 14 days? And they're like, yeah, that's great. And I'm not a morning person. So they're like, oh, how about 5 a.m.? How about the, I was like, oh my, what? I was like, no. <laughs> and so we came, we came up with six. And again, I'm not like my time to wake up is like 730. That's like really early for me. Right. Yes. But people have to go to work and all this stuff. So I was like, we're not doing four. We're not doing five. The earliest I can do is six. So we did six. When I said yes to that, I was like, I know God, there's yes. no chance 
that after 14 days, he'll say that was fun. See you later. <laughs> so I was like, I have literally condemned myself to 6 a.m. prayers for who knows how long. Oh, my goodness. That was 526 days ago. And we're still praying every morning at six o'clock in the morning, right? Oh, thank you for doing that. You know, bless you for that. The power unleashed on that and the sacrifice of that, because I'm not a morning person either. Yes, yes, yes God. Yes, you yes, go. yes. And it has been such a blessing to me. And again, this is for everyone. Like when you say yes to things with God and you feel like you're sacrificing, the truth of the matter is that their return on investment for whatever sacrifice you make. I'm telling you, like I've had, I mean, I, if I have to lead prayer every morning, that means I'm praying every morning. Uh So my prayer life is like on fire. And if I have to listen every morning to figure out the direction of the prayer, I have trained myself to hear from God so well, because this is something I've done every day. You know what I mean? More than 500 days. And because of that, it's like the grace is there, the ease during the pandemic. I mean, there's so many things that could have gone wrong. My, my family is protected. My businesses, I have a private practice. I mean, like thousands of them shut down, right? We actually right. did better in 2020 mm. than we did in 2019. And I can't explain it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, so there's yeah. so much that happened that truthfully, even though I'm waking up at 6 a.m. and still sometimes I go like, wow, it'd be so great to sleep in, you know? Um, I'm the one who's benefited the most. And then to watch lives transform, like people saying, I have never prayed consistently in my life. And here I am. People say, I've never heard from the Holy Ghost. I always wonder, what is that? And now I can hear. And people going like, you know, my son who's walked away from the Lord all this time, he's come back. And my husband uh, is now in church. Uh, and it, it is so, like, I, I, I had, you know, I was so depressed. I was so anxious, but I come on here and I've learned about faith. I've learned about peace. I've learned about joy. So to watch that. So in retrospect, it looks like I knew my calling and I was following it. But the truth of the matter is that I've only said yes to just the thing that's right, the uncomfortable thing that's right in front of me. And it's every aspect of life because even in business, it's like, I, I want you to serve the physician community. Like EntreMD mm. was not like, oh, what else should I do? No, it was like, I want you to serve the physician community. And a lot of people don't know this, but we have 400 physicians that kill themselves every year. Oh, my goodness. Every year. Um, we have the level of burnout and it's, it's, it's really bad. Oh. And he's like, I want you to serve them. I want you to empower them. I want you to give them a fresh lease on life. I want you to put fresh vision in them. And so even the company is born out of, this is what I want you to do for me. Take the next step. When I started, I mean, I was working with very few physicians and all that, but it's, it's all him. And our podcast is, you know, 20 months old and we just hit 130,000 downloads. I had no way of knowing that. You know what I mean? Like no way. It's just one uncomfortable thing. And I look back and then I'm like, wait a minute, I should just keep saying yes. I don't have the plan. He has the plan. I don't even really know what the extent of what my calling is. You know, but I just, 
follow him. And we're here. Apparently, he writes really good scripts. <laughs> he writes the best stories ever. So I just follow. I'm an actress. I just act out the scripts. Oh, that's so good. I just, listeners, just rewind and listen to her again because you had so many, those just golden nuggets in there. And the weight of the truth of we don't actually have to figure it all out. We just have to say yes. And I love how you say to the next uncomfortable thing, because you're right. It, it's, it's, uh, he doesn't, you know, Peter come walk on the water. Like that's, it's risky. Uh, there's just stories throughout time and history with him where it is risky. And in our own lives, the fruit of it is his, not ours to measure. And a lot of times we don't know it. We can't see it, but to say yes. And then the splendor of walking with him, the partnership with him is just the best ever. I love the pair group. So I'm, I'm, you're just, you know, motivating me and inspiring me. And, oh God, what do you want me to do next? When I was in college, we lived, uh, I lived the last year with six women. It was my first encounter living with Christian women. And I was new to this whole Jesus thing. And they said the same thing. Let's get up at six and pray for a half hour every morning, which was really hard for me as well, not being a morning person. But we did it six days a week. And the answers to prayer that we saw blew my mind. It, he, is, he is so faithful. He puts it on our heart to pray. He tells us what, so we attune ourselves to what he wants us to pray. Boom. Nothing strengthened my faith more than those times of mm. prayer. So for you, were there any hindrances for you personally in your own journey of saying yes? A lot. <laughs> A lot. I think the, the biggest one, the biggest one was the level of self-doubt that I had. Uh, it, it was, yeah. it was really bad. Um, and for some reason, I, I always felt like the underdog, like I'm not the mm. kind of person who could have this, whatever this is, it could be that level right. of anointing or that kind of business or those kind of grades or, or people wouldn't follow me. I had an incredible amount of self-doubt and mm -hmm. You know, it, it stops me less and less as I, as I get, you know, further along in this journey. But in the beginning, it stopped me from doing a lot of things. Um, I, would, I would sense that there was something God wanted me to do. But if it meant going in front of people, I was not going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, this, mm -hmm. this is a yes. true story. Okay. When I first started now going to church, when I was like, okay, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do all this. Um, how old were you? I want, I want to I context. I was 23, 22, okay. yeah, 22 or 23, somewhere around there. So this okay. was, you know, two decades ago. Um, and I love to sing and I love to worship, right? Not really sing, mm. but worship. I, that was my thing. Yes. Even as a quote unquote unsaved person. If they were hosting like a worship night type of thing, I would go, I would attend. I'm not going to your church <laughs> and I'm not doing that whole God thing with you, but I am going to stay here and worship like that, that, you know, I just had that thing for worship. 
but I would not mm-hmm. join a choir because they're the kind of people who could do that. I couldn't. So mm. one day that we were in a fellowship type setting and people were worshiping all of that. And then my pastor at the time pulls me out of the congregation, takes me to the stage, puts what? a microphone in my hand and puts an usher beside me and says, do not let her leave. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Right. That's yes. how I started singing. So you understand the level <laughs> of self-doubt. It was, it was so, it was so crazy. Um, but I think I started discovering that you can have that and still take action and still get the result. Boom. Like I was trying to wait for my fears to go away. And I was like, I try, I pray, I do all this stuff. It's not going anywhere. I'm like, you can have the back seat. You just don't get to drive. You don't get to make my decisions for me. You don't get to tell me what I can and cannot do. You showing up doesn't mean I stop. It just means you're present. Good for you. Have a nice life. And so, <laughs> so people are like, I'm just, I don't do this because I'm scared. I'm like, I'm scared too, but I'm doing it. You know, like, like good yes. for you. Because I came to the point, I was like, well, if your fear comes from Satan, there's one thing about him. He's persistent. So if I'm waiting yes. for that to go away, I'm never going to do anything. So I'm just going to do what I do. And the fear means less and less. It doesn't translate to stop. It doesn't translate to that means don't do it. I just do it. I, I'm, I'm really, like the, the further along I go in my journey, the more comfortable I am being uncomfortable, having questions, um, knowing that there's fear, like what if, what if, what if. I'm like, you can stay there but I'm going where I'm going. Like, good for you. Um, and that's so liberating because I can do whatever, even if I'm afraid. I'm okay with it. I love it. It's taken me a moment, but I, I am, love it now. <laughs> yes, I am drinking this in. This is so powerful. And I love the analogy of not two things, not waiting for it to go away because. It, it, prayer is effective in silencing it, but like you said, the enemy is he's not going to say, oh, dang, giving up here. Nope. But that you say, um, you're not going to drive. I'm not going to listen to you. Get, you can get in the back seat. It's not going to stop me anymore. And that is, that is something so um, we recognize and share that. And my listeners know, and Particularly women, I think, suffer from assaults of diminishment. Just the message of not you, you don't have it. Everybody else has a role to play, but you're not. Even even in, in ministry, I know this from my own team, this valiant women, to a person, that assault will come against them. And then say you get hit with that, you know, tomorrow, like, no, you really aren't good enough to do this. You really don't have it. Do you go through a thought process or do you pray or? It depends on how bad it is. So, because if if it's some, so some of it, it may be something that I've always done. So say I'm going to do a podcast episode and I just have this thing of nobody really wants to hear what you have to say. And I've done Altogether, I've probably done 170 episodes. And I still get thoughts like that. It's the most amazing. I'm like, okay, 
so when that happens, um, I think I've trained myself enough at this point that I'm like, I know that when I feel like this, those end up being the best episodes. So whatever, we're going to do it, right? We're going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Now, if it's something that is new, so um, let me say I'm introducing a new program in in my business, or I'm starting a new business, Uh or I'm starting a new aspect of the ministry. This is new. I literally will take the time to pray it through, pray in the spirit a lot, because I don't know what's going on. I pray a lot mm-hmm. and I take the words that promise me the desired outcome, the scriptures, and I sit in those and I meditate on it. And I take the scriptures and paint pictures of what that outcome will look like. Because when that fear shows up, a lot of times we take it and we meditate on it and we imagine it. And God is like, um, uh, excuse yeah. you, not unto him who is able to do exceedingly above all you ask or imagine. You're wasting your imagination. Like you're giving it to Satan. Like, can you stop it? Mm. And so I literally use my imagination, take the word of God and paint a picture in my mind of that working out the way God said it would. I sit with that process until I'm like, I got it. Like in here, in my heart, I'm like, I got it. So the fear is not completely gone, but I've built a faith that can answer the fear for one of a better way. That's, that's my process with new things. because again. There is, there is this self-doubt. It shows up. It's a thing. It's a real thing. And I anticipate it. Um, when I say in business, I'm going to, I'm saying, oh, the Entree MD Business School is open for enrollment. Huh? And there he comes. Oh, enrollment. Who do you think is going to want to be in your business school? Like, who do you think you are? There are people who are business coaches. Oh, you're claiming you're a business coach too? Like, what in the world? Like, you know. And so when I'm going to open it for enrollment, a month before, two weeks before, I know what's coming. <laughs> so I go sit right. and I go build my own fortress. <laughs> so when that comes, I'm better able to handle it. Like I'm not fooled by it. I know whenever I'm going to do something big, he's going to show up. So I get ready. You know, that's kind of my process for it. That is so, so powerful. So again, listeners take notes, <laughs> write that down. I am. Um, um, we're going to put in our show notes links to you, to your webpage, to your podcast, because your walk with God is so deep and true. It is oozing out of everything that you say. So I'm wondering, as we sort of turn a corner um, to bring this in for landing, Say there's a woman who is, um, she is busy. She's working full time. She is, um, she's got young children. She's, uh, maybe she's in the driving season of going all over the place. And yet there's something that she feels God inviting her into Maybe it's in her community. Maybe it's starting um, a ministry at church. Maybe it's stepping in and offering prayer, whatever it is. But there's the big but, and it feels like a wall in front of her. Is there anything in particular that you would say to yes, her? Yes, that's such a beautiful question. So beautiful. I'll start with a story um, because sometimes, you know, people may hear stories that I tell, and, and it's a highlight reel. Um, yes. I 
have challenges like everybody else. And this specific challenge I've had. So when we started the private practice, I had a two-year-old and a four-month-old. Wow. So I had a two-year-old and a four-month-old. And we didn't quite qualify for any big fancy loans. So I started Mm -hmm. the practice. And at the same time, the day after we signed the lease for the practice, I started working at the local urgent care. Okay. And I would put in up to 20 hours a week there. I was working practically part-time. So 4 p.m. to 12 midnight. Okay. Wow. And so, and we had just planted this church two years before. So it's a baby church. I was in charge of the worship team. I mean, it's that stage of the church where you do everything, right? Like you project yes. the scriptures and you sing and you create the flyers and you set, and up, you the set up the chairs and you do all the things. Yeah. So I literally had times when I would go to the practice in the morning and then from the practice, I would go to work my 4 p.m. to midnight shift in the urgent care. And the next, the following day was Sunday. So I had to go to church. And then the next day was Monday and I start all over again. Right. And so I'm saying that to say, I, I understand that phase. I didn't fall from the sky. I promise I didn't. And there, there are a number of things there are a number of things you can do. So you're at that phase, you have young children and you're very busy. The first thing is to recognize it's a phase. Yes. It's not going to last forever. It's not going to, it's not going to, my oldest, they're 11 and 13 now. So I'm, I definitely don't have adult children, but I'm definitely not changing diapers or waking up in the night to nurse anybody. Right. So it's a phase. It will pass. The question is, what investments would you have made in that time period that you reap the rewards of later, right? So y- you have limited time, but you also want to be, you want to think like an investor. So if God is calling you to do something, God also knows that you have the kids and he knows you have to do the school runs and he knows all of those things. So y- it is a time where you have to lean on him. Because the thing is so weird that I would say this, but God is really smart. You know what I mean? Like he has strategies. He has ways you can do things that will make people go like, how are you able to do all these things? And really you downloaded them from God because you go to pray and he's showing you, well, you can do this. You can delegate this. You can switch this. You can eliminate this altogether. He will show you because he's telling you. And he's not ignorant of the fact that you have all these other things to do. So one is to recognize it's a phase. Two is to lean on God. He has all the answers. He really does. So let me go back to that. You, you, it, the, the further away you are from him, the harder that phase will be. The closer yes. you are, the easier. He will give you the grace to do it. He'll give you the strength. He'll give you the wisdom. He'll give you the ideas. He'll put people in your life. He'll do all kinds of things. So it's a trap to say, I don't have time to pray. It's a trap to say, I don't have time to study the word. Those are all traps. The closer you are, the easier it will be. Not easy, easier. Yes. And then the third thing is we do live in times where there's a lot of isolation Mm -hmm. and we're taught, it's almost like we're taught by culture that you should be able to figure all these things out by yourself and no. It takes a village. You take all the help you can get. 
Yes. All of it. And people are like, I don't do people. They've hurt me before. And this is what I say about that. People are like antibiotics. Okay. This is so weird, but it's true. Uh, if a mom comes, oh, you, you know, my, my kid has an ear infection. I would say, hey, here's a script for amoxicillin. It will fix your child's ear. It may give your child diarrhea. We don't stop the antibiotic because of the diarrhea, right? Like we're like, we're trying to fix an ear. We can deal with the diarrhea. People are like that. They will help you. They will help you move your life forward. They will, they will help you take things off your plate so you have time, but they also have issues, right? Just like we do. Everybody does. So yes. if you're going to be a person who's going to leverage relationships so that you can get a lot done in that phase, you're going to have to give people grace. You're, you're just going to have to, because people are going to do things that that's what people do. And I think the final thing is give yourself grace. Um, yeah, your, your house is not supposed to look like the house on Instagram that you saw. Um, your, your children are not supposed to look perfect at all times. Um, you're not, give yourself grace. If you make mistakes, you're like, Hmm, shouldn't do that again and keep it moving, but don't fall apart for a week because of that, you know? And, um, my my sister, oh, bless her heart, she is so funny. She said, here you are fussing that you're not a good mommy. Mary was told that Jesus was God, and she lost him. She went to the temple mm. and forgot Jesus in the temple, <laughs> okay? And, and, and it took her days before she realized, wait a minute, where is Jesus? I mean, so she was like, so what did she tell God when she was praying in the morning? Oh, God, we're looking for Jesus. Like, what did she do, right? So... She was like, if, if Mary lost Jesus and Jesus turned out okay, like, I'm not saying lose your child, but cut yourself some slack. You have never lost your child. So you're doing, you're doing okay. Right. 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 And then the, the wisdom to know you're not, I just have always loved the wisdom that you're not doing it on you're your not. own. You're not. I've got somebody who's more invested in them and their future than I am. I, I would just um, add to that because that's stunning and more than enough. But just the sentence that your life matters, whatever stage you are living in, it matters. And perhaps you're in a season where a lot of people get to see what you're doing, or you're in a season where nobody gets to see what you're doing, the hidden life, those hidden aspects. It all matters. And in fact, the hidden stuff, it matters the most your secret times with God, your delving into the word, your sitting at his feet, your worship of him, that is the gold. And it's from that, that all this flows. And you can hear that. You can hear that in Dr. Una and everything is flowing from a deep intimacy with Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you for oh my doing goodness. this. This is amazing. It's so good. This is fantastic. Okay, I'm going to ask one more thing of you, though. Would you pray for our listeners? Just a, just a little prayer over yes. them, wherever they're at. Yes, ha happy to do that. Thank you. Lord, I thank you for every woman listening. And I thank you because you made us in your image. And you sent us on an assignment. We're here because there's a problem that we're uniquely able to solve. We're not nobodies. We're not afterthoughts. We have destinies that count. We have things that the kingdom is depending on us to do. We're important in you. 
in you. And the beautiful thing about your system is you gave us a calling, you give us the equipment to do the calling, and then you reward us for the calling you gave us and equipped us to do. It is such a beautiful situation. I ask that you open every woman's eye here to, to see who they're called to be. may not be the whole picture, but the next step so they can take it. I ask that you give them a revelation of the fact that you're with them. So there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to make them stop. There's nothing to make them that will stop them from accomplishing what they need to do. Because you're not looking for people who are able. You're looking for people who are available and you will make them able. And Lord, for everyone who is in the trenches, raising children, running a home, and also doing ministry, maybe also doing a business, Lord, you are the master strategist. And I ask that you will give them the strategies and you will give them the comfort that they need and you'll give them the wisdom and the grace to do what you call them to do because you called them and you know what they should do. And for everyone who's discouraged, everyone who's given up on dreams, everyone who's like, I can't take it anymore, I ask that you strengthen them. I ask that you empower them. I ask that you show them a fresh vision. Because, Lord, you, you have amazing plans. You don't expect us to do it on our own, and we can. We can. Lord, touch every woman's heart and do a work in them so that they will become everything you call them to be. At the end of their lives, like Jesus, they'll say, Lo, I come, as it is written of me in the volume of the books, to do your will, O God. And they'll say, like you said, I have glorified you by completing to the last detail the assignment you've given. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, friends.